so I am sitting at a body of water on Southwest Teal Boulevard in Beaverton. And I just watched a mated pair of Canada geese flop out of the water and now they're sitting in front of me picking at their feathers doing goose stuff before that I was about to start recording something and I looked to my right and I saw a kill deer which is a really odd sight in the middle of a city where I'm sure you can hear the traffic I've never seen a kill deer at a recreational or not even a recreational but like a municipal pond like this where the water is really brown because it's full of so much waste from geese and runoff and it's not exactly the most habitable spot for things to live but the kill deer was just running around in the grass it's been cropped down to the a golf course height by all these geese just finding stuff to eat somehow and I'm watching him now actually it's like seeing a pronghorn in a park <laughs> in the middle of the city Before I was going to start talking, I was thinking about how I used to believe that other people's lives were somehow less real than mine. And if you'll bear with me, because I know that's a very judgmental statement, um, it was because there seems to be a lot of materialism and confusion in the world. But as I've gotten older and had more experiences and seen more of the world and lived many different lives, I've come to realize that everyone's experience in life is just as rich and as real as my own, which should have been obvious from the beginning, but I was mentored by people who like to think that everyone else in the world is crazy except for them. which is a pretty hard viewpoint to get over if you hear about it a lot when you're young. So These geese are moving on now. These might be cackling geese, actually. Dusky goose? Oh, no, that, that's a subspecies. They're a little smaller than Canada's. Killdeer's still here. But anyway, the thought that came to mind that I've been thinking recently on top of all that is this idea of, of idealism and what kind of uh, tension it makes inside of a person and in the direction of their life. Um, I've known myself to build a prism of, a prison of idealism in which there are some things I won't do or I won't accept or I won't participate in or whatever because I believe them to be fundamentally wrong. And, of course, 
it's good to have guidelines and there's definitely some things like moralistically objectionable things that people shouldn't do but I think it's easy to build a prison out of values and beliefs there's like a really scruffy looking group of teenage geese just patrolling around looking like teenagers like with their heads low looking really kind of bedraggled and sort of out of sort of like out of their bodies <laughs> and they're just all hanging out together maybe they're all from the same brood and killdeer is still here right next to me now actually what a delicate looking bird they look a lot like a pronghorn hmm yeah so it's interesting to step back from that life that I used to have and to realize that here in this abysmal looking park covered by goose shit and uninhabitable, unswimmable, toxic water surrounded by pavement and houses, houses developments and franchise restaurants that masquerade as being local and a guy is sitting next to me from the Chase Bank just next to me in a parking lot listening to a podcast about money kind of looking like he is sort of despairing it's easy to look at all this and be like this is all bullshit materialistic capitalist trash but the fact is like this is part of a lot of people's lives including mine from time to time um and I mean, these geese are here. They're wild. Kildeer is here. He's wild. I saw a ruddy duck in the lake. They're wild. See a heron right now. He's wild. In other words, they're making their own decisions and they're here. I'm wild and I'm here. So, can't be so bad. <laughs> The thing is, if I had built this prison of idealism so high with the walls so unscalable that I couldn't see out of it, then I wouldn't be able to sit here and see any of these things. I would have immediately rejected this place and hated it and thought that it was worthless and thought that it should be destroyed or I don't know, that it's bad and I don't want to sit there. I can't even bear to see it. Instead, I'm actually noticing what's good around here. There's some people who probably live within walking distance of this park who come here every day. And to them, it's like a solace, like a refuge. It's like maybe the only place that they get to go with open space and green things in it more than their own little yard or whatever they may have in an apartment building. Maybe they don't even have a yard. So this is all they have. So who am I to call it bad? <laughs> At least it's something.
before I got here, I was walking across the parking lot. I saw some trees behind it, and I thought, I bet there's a trail back there. And sure enough, as soon as I got to the thick row of trees, there was a little path leading into it, like so often there is. And I walked back into those woods and immediately found three or four medicinal plants, two or three edible ones, a giant old-growth dug fir, a little stream, an abandoned farm meadow with a giant oak growing in an old farm equipment that was resting from my grandparents' time, probably 150 to 100 years ago, and a little sign that was advertising native plant sale on a little billboard by a play structure. And so it's just inspiring, you know? It's inspiring to see stuff like that. I know it's partly due to city planning and it's partly due to wealth that there's stuff like this here because it took a lot of money to build this pond as mediocre as it looks. Um, But I think the hilarious part is the pond's great, but the wild field that I discovered first with the rusting farm equipment and the old oak tree and the blackberry brambles and the roses on the edges and the hawthorn tree and the medicinal plants growing along the creek bed, that essentially cost nothing. That land was just left alone someone had farmed it and then they sold it to the city and then the city just left it alone maybe they mow it once in a while I don't know so this pond which requires upkeep and there's like trash cans and stuff yeah it costs money to create a refuge for animals and plants and people but then this abandoned farm field which costs literally nothing next to nothing to maintain except for I don't know property taxes there's all these layers that I don't understand but the gist of it being Things that are truly wild and unconstrained can be extremely cheap and free. And you don't have to dig a pond with giant excavator equipment. You can dig it a shovel full at a time. You can get a community project to dig a community pond. You know, you can use people's labor abilities to build things within communities that aren't extremely expensive that still create refuges for people and plants and animals and everything. And you can just abandon a field and once in a while brush hog it or even control burn it, which requires a little bit more organization. And then that can be a refuge too. Oh, and over there I saw a flicker doing something I'd never seen a flicker do. A flicker's a big woodpecker. And he was digging in the cracks of the sidewalk for ants. (laughs) If that's not a metaphor for making milk from water as the old Buddhist adage goes I don't know what is (laughs) he was digging he was really loving it too he's probably finding larvae and all kinds of stuff down there doesn't even need an old tree anyway I don't really have any point to this one but here I am back in Oregon I felt inspired to go to classrooms and take children out to abandoned farms and 
places that they can walk to from their home to show them what can be seen with the right eyes in a place that they think that there's nothing. I'm sure people are already doing that around here, but it was an inspiring thought. Maybe I'll try and do it or something someday. That'd be cool, right? I think it's better than making a YouTube video about it. <laughs> oh man, now there's a robin very carefully pulling a worm. Oh! He got it. Swallows. Mallard. And motorcycles. Yeah, so look around you. That's the only advice I'll ever give on this podcast. <laughs> look around, walk around. And maybe don't judge as much, but that's just for me. Thanks for listening.